Welcome to Whitefields Church Podcast. Our focus is to help you grow relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. I hope you enjoy the message. Guys, I don't know if I'm going to talk for 10 minutes or 20 minutes or a half hour. I'll just talk until I run out of stuff to say. I'm so glad that Vic is here to kind of back me up when I run out of stuff. He's going to be here to take over. So it's kind of a, like I was saying before, a win-win situation. This is kind of a no-flop situation (laughs) for me. Hallelujah. Um, Several weeks ago, I was reading, and uh, I had read over this, like, pretty much since I've been reading the Bible and reading through Ephesians, but I really had not seen this before, and it's in in Ephesians 4, Ephesians 4, 1. Uh, Paul starts off, Paul's writing this uh, to the church at Ephesus, of course, and he says, uh, I therefore a prisoner of the Lord, prisoner of the Lord, Paul was, he was in jail for, Preaching the gospel, the uh, Jewish leaders didn't like all of his preaching the gospel and everything, and but he was in, so he was in jail for that. I, Paul, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called. And I, I, I read that and I thought, okay, so what does that mean now? walk in a manner worthy of the calling. Okay, the first question is, what is, what is the calling? What is the calling? And I, I used to think years ago, okay, somebody's called to be a pastor, somebody's called to be a prophet, another one's called to be an evangelist, a teacher of the word, we're to walk worthy of those things, you know? And that is, in, in, is indeed a part of it, but a lot of people are not called to those offices in the church, yet they are to walk worthy of the calling that they're called to. So what then is the calling that they're called to? Because we're all called to that same calling, whether we are a church leader of 10,000 people or whether we don't even have a Bible study in our home or even go to one for that matter, we are all called to walk in a manner, commanded to walk in a manner worthy of our calling. So what is our calling? And for all of us who have come to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and to trust in him. We are called to walk in a manner worthy. We are called to walk walk representing the house that we belong to. All children represent the house that they come out of. And when, when your kids act bad, it's a bad reflection on you, you know? Now, Vic's kids are perfect. He don't know nothing about that. <laughs> but um, looking at our kids, people, people kind of say, boy, that's a, that's a nice kid right there. That, 
respectful, mannerable, yes sir, yes ma'am, thank you, you're welcome. They represent the household that they belong to well. The parents are happy, the parents are pleased about that. In the same way, kids who are disrespectful, they are loud, they are just being little brats, they represent the house that they come out of too. Parents really shouldn't be uh, proud of, not pleased at that, but you know. We represent also the house that we belong to. And we have to represent very well the house that we belong to because the house that we belong to is the house of the living God the creator of all things, master of the universe, he who is not of flesh, but is spirit, eternal spirit. He who is holy in every sense of the word, holy. And I'm just, I'm just gonna speak for myself. I really don't even understand all of what holy really means. Now, somebody out there does, y'all can come get me with me later on, <laughs> and y'all can run it down to me. But honestly, I mean holiness. I think God is so holy that we in our present state are not even able to stand in the holiness of his presence, in the presence of his holiness. I think we would just incinerate because we are flesh, we are flesh. And the life-giving spirit, the holiness of that life-giving spirit, it would just be too much for us. But we represent the, 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 the Father. And um, we're supposed to be good representatives of the house that we come from. Hallelujah. Worthy of the calling to which we have been called. Um, so we have been called to be saints. In um, 1 Corinthians uh, 1, 2, Paul is writing again. He says, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints. That is a calling of all of God's people. We are called to be, to be saints. We're called to be holy. We're called to be a chosen generation, a peculiar people. Those who are supposed, supposed to show forth the amazingness of his grace. In um, Romans 1, 7, it says, loved by God again and called to be saints. Philippians um, um, 1, it says, to all the saints in Christ Jesus. We're called to walk in, we're called to walk in humility. Representing him not, not high and haughty, not, um, not, not uh, proud, 
but to walk in humility, um, preferring others above ourselves, you know. We're called to walk in gentleness. These things are also fruit of the Spirit. Called to walk in gentleness, not pride. Called to walk in patience toward each other. How many of y'all ever dealt with somebody, and it takes something for us to be patient with each other a lot of times? Because a lot of times, it's hard to be patient with people. <laughs> it's hard to be patient with people, forbearing one another in love, you know? Treating others the way we want others to treat us, you know? Doing well to the, uh, to the saints if you... If you uh, have a brother or sister working for you, say, you know, you want to treat that person well, you want to you maybe pay that person a little bit extra. Because Jesus said, as surely as you've done it to the least of these, my brothers, you've done it to me. We want to treat Jesus well. We want to treat his people well, because in doing so, we're treating him well, you know. Somebody needs some help, you give them that help. You don't charge them anything for it. You walk in that manner worthy of the calling to which, to which you yourself have been called. Being eager to maintain the unity of the spirit. And that is without that is eliminating quarreling and arguing with each other. We have that so much in, unfortunately, in the churches today, where there is arguing, there is quarreling with each other. This church has been through it. People will get mad and leave because of arguing, because of quarreling, because they are just not walk, walking in love because they are just not maintaining, like Paul is writing here, maintaining the unity of the Spirit. And it's sad when people do that, but unfortunately, it, it does happen. It does happen. And it does not make for a good body of Christ. Because all of the body is supposed to work together. Now, different members, as y'all can see right here, this is not this. This is not this. But everything, every member of my body is purposeful. It has its own function. And... Like Paul was saying, the, the head, because the head is not the foot, he can't say it's not doesn't belong to the body, you know. One person is not a musician, they just sit there in the pew. Well, the person who is a musician can't say, well, you're no good, you're just sitting there, you know. Say, well, no, rascal, I paid tithe, and so I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm good, you know. <laughs> but... Um, it seems like a lot of people are just there, just like a lot of our members of our body. We are just, they are just there, but they are a part of that body, a functioning part. And the Lord does not love the toenail any 
less than he loves the head. All a part of the same body. Hallelujah. And the Lord gave himself for that body. So I'm going to kind of wind it down to where Vic can come up and do the, uh, are we going to do the communion now or a little bit later? Okay. All right. Okay. No, you need to make your way up here. <laughs> but we give thanks always to God in, in, in all that he does, in all that he does with us, in all that he does in us, in all that he does through us, in all that he does for us, in showing us his goodness and showing us his mercy, Father, we give you thanks. How can we but give God thanks for the love that he has given to us? Thank you, God. Thank Lord. It's sun shining out there now. It's been raining the last few days. How can you not give God thanks for the sunshine? You know? <laughs> I mean, just for so many things that we consider simple things that we don't even pay no attention to, we give God thanks for the small. You know, the older you get, the more thankful you are for the things that young folks don't even think about too much. Seriously. Those of y'all that are close to my age, you know what I'm talking about. You get out of the bed in the morning under your own power. You dress yourself. You, that's what I'm talking about. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> you dress yourself. You comb your own hair. Those of us who still have it, I don't too much. You know, the ladies, you're able to, if you're going to wear some makeup that day, you can put on your own makeup, whatever that might be. You go into your kitchen, you cook and feed yourself. These are things that so many people don't even think about. So many people that are way younger than I am are not able to dress themselves. I'm thankful to God that I'm able to get up and dress myself and, and, and cook food for myself. I got up to, uh, yesterday morning, my knee was hurting really bad, but I'm, I was thinking, you know, that's all right, because there's somebody out there that don't have no knee. You know, they don't. I got two of them, one of them's hurting, but hey, it still works, <laughs> you know? It still works, and, I, and I'm thankful to the Lord for it. Simple things that we just pass over. Let's remember to be thankful for all things, people. For all things. And you know, that is a part of walking in a manner that is worthy of the calling to which we have been called. Being thankful. Being thankful for everything. Simple things. I've gone down the road sometime. I see a weed and it's blooming. And I'm thinking, wow, that is awesome. That's a dandelion. That is awesome. But you know, I'll tell you this. This is how I can be thankful for that. There's somebody who doesn't have sight to see that weed blooming. I got sight. God has blessed me with sight to see that weed blooming. 
simple stuff is what I'm saying. We, we, we look so much so often to the, the complex things in life. And we want to give thanks. We want to give glory for those things. And, and that's good, too. That's good, too. But so often we just miss the small things in life that we can thank God for. And I really believe that that's what he looks at. And when you have a thankful heart, you go there. You just give thanks to him for stuff that other, somebody else would just pass over. And in all things, we recognize his goodness. So I just give thanks to him for that. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Warner. Um, stay with me, really. We're going we're gonna to get to that um, as well, little, to our elements. We're going to take communion together. We're going to go back into worship. But hearing this, um, it's incredible because uh, me and Robert, we always plan to meet whenever we want to share together. But we never end up meeting together. But it's incredible how the Holy Spirit works because I, what I was thinking, I was like, what Lord laid on my heart was exactly about that. I, I underwent two ACL surgeries. Um, for those that don't know, it's kind of one of your middle main tendons that holds your knee together. And I did that through soccer. The first time I tore my, I have several <laughs> testimonies about that. I mean, first of all, both of my knees were covered, were paid for by a doctor when he heard my story. Because first time I tore my ACL, I was, assist, I was coaching kids. And I um, was showing kids, you know, step over, you know, footwork. And, and my knee just gave out and boom, that's it. And I struggled it because my, I didn't have insurance. So for a whole year and a half, I just suffered. I never paid attention. <laughs> he spoke of the knees. I never paid attention to the point like how much of a blessing it is to have your knees, like to uh, not hurting knees. <laughs> and I suffered because every time I would work and if I would squat down, what happens is you can live with it, but the knee is unstable. And any time I would squat down or, or, and if I had to turn a little bit, my knee would just go gave out and and it made this sound like and it kept shredding my meniscus you know so I kept getting my meniscus kept getting worse and worse and but I was like man I was I got used to this pain it's interesting I already got used to I know there's certain positions certain angles I cannot do I'm like oh, wait wait a minute I, I had to think before I stepped in certain directions my goodness did I not realize the importance of that my knee a healthy knee is and so but then, you know, doctor heard my story and he gave me a free knee. And, of course, he did it. Everything was covered. Uh, it was just a miracle. You rarely hear that, you know, people without insurance getting this kind of blessing. And then recovered. A year later, I started playing again. Uh, second game, playing soccer again. And I put emphasis on one, of, you know, obviously you're compensated because you, th because you think your other knee is now a new knee. I got to protect it. You compensate it with your good knee the one that was not injured. But that's the where a lot of people make mistakes is because, because they put so much pressure on the opposite knee. And guess what happened? I tore my ACL, second game back. <laughs> the op opposite knee got hurt. And here I am now, and I'm supposed to go for a year checkup. So I go up for a one-year checkup. The doctor's like, huh. He sees my other knees wrapped up. He's like, you tore your other ACL, didn't you? I was like, yeah. 
I hadn't, I, I was like, I knew that I, there's no way and chance that I would probably be able to play again. I wasn't relying on doctor. I didn't even have confidence to even ask him for, <laughs> like, hey, you think you can fix my other knee? <laughs> I mean, this surgery was over $42,000 worth. And, uh, but he, he looked at it, he's like, yeah, you should probably have insurance. But uh, anyways, but uh, yeah, your knee, the other knee looks good. But go get insurance. And I was like, yeah, I can't afford insurance. <laughs> and so this was years back, by the way. Um, I, as I'm driving back to Wasilla, the doctor's in Anchorage, Dr. Frost. And I get a call from the office, and the doctor says, hey, you know, I mean, um, the, the lady at the front office calls, and she says, hey, Dr. Frost agreed to fix your other knee again. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, what? And I... The thing is, I thought, I was like, that's a sign. I should never play soccer again. It, you can easily misinterpret things. But God was showing me so many things through that. Because while I was hurting, uh, while I was getting, you know, my functionality back, because once you do the surgery, you're pretty much in this machine for 10 days straight where your knee goes back and forth slowly, all around the clock. You can only get off to go, you know, to the bathroom, eat, but you got to get back in there. Because your knee, uh, your whole leg atrophies, your muscle Everything just, it's as if like your knee has been, you know, sewed apart, I mean, cut apart and sewed back again. So, and it functions so to get the circulation back, to make it, so your knee and your leg would adapt normally. Anyways, I'm just very blessed the fact that God went and just healed me pretty fast. And I recovered after that. I've been playing soccer, been ministering through soccer, and it's been a blessing. With that, I know it's a lead up about my knees. I'm very thankful for my knees, but... Um, the testimony where I wanted to say, talking about worthy of your calling, right? And I remember playing soccer. This was years back before I tore my ACLs. And I started the Christ United soccer team. And um, it was a, a lot of fun because I loved it. You know, my, I, I didn't do, you know, in college I got hurt. I got in a car accident, so I came back to Alaska. But anyways, and our team does really well. Some of the guys, Michael Biswell, Alan Bear, you know, plays on my team. And uh, we're a very good team, you know. And I, not because we are, I don't know, just there's such a unity. There's such a spirit in there that we don't argue with the referees. Uh, we can get intense sometimes. But anyways, but I'm going back again to that story that really, really grips me. And it's hard uh, to talk without any emotions. Because when you're walking worthy of a calling, and a lot of times... The Holy Spirit, it's that voice. Remember we talked about a few weeks ago, you know, our thoughts. We have one device. devil can speak to it through our mind, and the Lord can speak to it. And we need to quickly identify it. So hopefully we've been on that catching thoughts where they come from. But I remember one time sitting, and we played against this team, their military team from J-Bear. And it was incredible because looking at it back... <laughs> I thought it was just a thought, but it was a silly thought. But here, here's the story. All right. There's this guy on the opposing team. He's a goalkeeper. He was really rough, tatted up, you know, tats, tattoos everywhere, just intimidating tall guy. And I was really somebody you don't want to play against. And every time you would try to shoot or something, and if you miss a shot or the ball goes over the net, he would say, like, things like, oh, wasted, wasted. Like, he would make you feel bad about missing, you know. It wasn't a fun team to play against, but we still would beat him. We're a lot of our guys were smaller. Um, and my team is Christ United FC. And a lot of these guys were, you know, using profanity. They're rough dudes around the edges. And one evening I'm sitting, 
after the game, and then the, this voice in my head, like, you need to call, find out the, this phone number to this guy, John, and give him a call and tell him to ask him to play with you. And I was like, uh, <laughs> I'm not calling that guy. I'm scared of him. Um, so that thought came again. And, and I realized, I'm like, oh, that's, that's Holy Spirit. That's Holy Spirit. I'm like, oh. By the way, the noise, if you guys are wondering, I can guess what it is. They're painting lines, uh, and they cut out the little pieces for the paint, for the stripping of the lines. So they're probably going through our church right now. So that means my voice is going to get more intense. So, all right. Anyway, so I call him. I'm like, I found out the number from the league director. I said, John, this is Vic from Christ United. He's like, Vic? Christ United? Click. Hangs up. I'm like, all right, let's do it again. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not calling. But then the, the Holy Spirit, that voice inside, call him again. And I'm like, oh, man, I don't know about this. <laughs> he just hung up on me. And so I dial him again. I'm like, I, I have to call him. And I call him, and I'm like, this is Vic with Christ United. And I, for some reason, I wasn't afraid to say Christ United. I'm like, I, I know I'm a Christian team, and he knows that, you know, we're trying to represent here. He's like, Christian team? He's like, he's like, Christ, really? He's like, what a joke, man. Come on. Hangs up. Do you think I would have the balls to call again after that one? <laughs> so that was the second time he hung up on me. And then 15 minutes later, I'm like, I'm not calling. I'm not calling. And the, the Holy Spirit just worked on me. Like, you need to call him again. <laughs> and the only reason I did was I was like, well, Trinity, Lord, it's, you know, it's going to work. It was going to be three times. I'm sure the third time might be the charm. I don't know why. <laughs> I didn't want to do that. But something in me in my spirit was telling me, call him again. And I called him. I said, John, hello, you're there? And I don't care. It's silence. And then I hear weeping and sobbing. And Sorry, guys. It just, it's really, um, it's a very powerful testimony. It's one of the biggest testimonies of my life because I want us to walk out of here to know that that still small voice oftentimes it's God speaking to us through the Holy Spirit. And he's crying. And he, and he gets louder and louder, and he's just not saying anything. I, I immediately felt like there was the presence of God, for sure. Lord, you're doing something. So I sat there. He's telling me, he's like, I'm sitting here with a loaded gun. And he went through several divorces, you know, marriages, really difficult situations. And he's like, Vic, my life is a mess. I know your team. He's like, you guys are really good. But he's like, I'm sitting here and questioning life. And I'm ready to take my own life. And I asked God last time. I said, God, if you're real, prove it to me. He's like, I gave God one hour. <laughs> And, he, and he's, he was very much drunk at that point. You can tell that. But it's very clear what he's saying. I mean, the guy's ready to do it. I mean, he did all the preparations for it. And uh, <laughs> he just keeps crying. And he said, I, I'm sitting here with a loaded gun. And 
I'm about to take my life. And I said, if God, if you're here, if you're real, show me yourself. And he's like, I realized when the third time you called, you kept emphasizing Christ. United. He's like, that's all I heard was Christ. And he's like, yep. He's like, I knew that was him calling me. You know, I look at it. I mean, later on what happened is just to make it quick, but um, he was in the military. It was during the Iraq war, after Iraq war is pretty much done. He went out there. His one of his official positions is so they travel a team of seven, and then if there's a car that already exploded or detonated or somebody shot at it, um, they go and pick it up. And that day that he was supposed to go, he got really sick with just with fever. He had to be hospitalized. He got so sick. He's, he's like, I'm one of those tough guys that will never, like, sit, you know. I, it doesn't matter how bad I feel. But he was like, now I get it. <laughs> but he was supposed to go on that mission. And the guy who replaced him, from a guy from a different platoon, he, his functionality is to go with a scanner, right? But anyway, so the guy was walking with a the scanner. They're looking for any mines, possibly, that might detonate. And that guy that went in, instead of Jonathan, he was walking, and, and somehow, I don't know how he missed it or something like that, but he detonated. There was a mine right there. That guy died. And he was like, Vic, I found out this in the hospital. I'm sitting there, and my body started shaking. He was like, that's my position. That was me. And I, for some reason... But and prior to that, right before he went to, um, prior before he went to Iraq, uh, he accepted Christ. Officially in my home, my dad got to pray over him. We got to eat a dinner. It was amazing. And he's like, Vic, all I could think about is just God's hand over me. And he put me in bed that day just to show me how much he loves me, to protect me. I don't, he's like, it's heartbreaking because he's like, I lost a, a, a friend but he's like, I realized that God showed me that it was him the whole time, everywhere, with me. He, he got instantly well that day, and he was released. But he called me from uh, international. It was a weird number. It had like 15 numbers, 15 digits. Uh, and he was just, he, he, he couldn't stop crying. He's like, Vic, God is real. God is so real. He showed it to me again. And I look back at the story, right, and I'm thinking, what would have happened? Because here he is, Jonathan is now sharing that testimony everywhere he goes. He lives in a different state. And, um, and he's telling other people about it. And he's like, Vic, you have no clue how many people I told this story just about me, you calling me that day. And, uh, and I'm thinking right now, I'm like, what are they of calling? What if, what if I didn't hear that voice of God? Because we are walking in different positions. You're going to go from here. You might be, your work position could be a clerk, could be somebody at the bank, could be a teacher, anything. And there is going to be that time where the Lord, I guarantee you, will prompt you to say, pray over them or tell them this or bring them a meal or something. It could be different, really. And that spirit, the Holy Spirit is talking to us. And so I love this word that, Robert, you're giving us. We're representatives of the kingdom of God wherever we go. You know, and other, other scripture also says that we're like letters being read by people, right? Everywhere we go, people look at us and they're like, wow, what is this guy? Why is he all smiling always? Look at this gal. 
Why is she always, why doesn't she ever talk negative about others? Hmm, that is different. Be different. Don't be a conformist. Where everybody, I challenge you, I can guarantee you, if you're going to be there and somebody's quarreling, talking about how someone is bad, don't be part of that. Like, for example, some ladies get together and they did a great job with a, in the fireproof movie, if you never watched that, really good movie. Um, <laughs> the guy is predicting, talking, because him and his wife got in an argument, and they're about to go, they're going through a difficult time, and it shows two scenes, one of them, him talking to the guys about his life and his wife and everything like that. He's like, I bet they're probably out there talking how bad he, how bad I am and everything like that, and then they show the next scene exactly. Uh, the lady's like, yeah, I can't believe he doesn't do this and that, and they're like, mm-hmm, you got to dump him, you got to divorce him, yeah, you know that. The thing is, you're going to be, you'll leave this church or uh, today or any, you'll, you'll be in that moment where you'll hear somebody talking negative about their husband or about their wife or they're joking about it and things like that. Be different. I challenge you to say, like, I, I have nothing to do that. I have nothing but positive things to say. The thing is, we enlarge, you can enlarge anything, like, imagine a magnifying glass, right? You can magnify anything if you want. If you look at you can, if you want to, I can guarantee you can find all the negatives about your husband. If you want to, I can guarantee you, if you start focusing on that, you will find all the negative things about your wife. And all of a sudden, the more you're treading on those thoughts, the more, the, that's all you think about. But when we start focusing, where's our focus? When we start focusing on all the positive things and great things, God starts, God starts to move in our marriage. God starts to move in our life. So I am just, I want to encourage you today, like as Robert just shared a perfect word, you know, worthy of our calling. That means wherever we go, we're hearing this Holy Spirit, that voice that talks to us. Think about that, right? If I didn't make that phone call, if I didn't make that phone call, I don't know. And if I later heard about this, it would have been a difficult rest of my life to deal with that, to know that I could have done something. All All I needed to do was call. Didn't have to do anything. The Holy Spirit does the rest. So wherever we leave here, just remember, we're representatives of the kingdom of God. We're walking worthy of our calling. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit our website, whitefieldsalaska.com. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you today.